0: is Jeff Kober and we're bringing to you a Disney at Work podcast. There has already been much said about the layoffs that occurred this past week at Disney. We were the first podcast I believe to carry that news. We now want to take the time to give greater introspection and thought about what has really happened here. This It's really not about how many layoffs went to this department or that department, how many to Disneyland and Walt Disney World. Rather, I chose to focus this post and podcast to two different audiences. First, those who are facing the real struggle of possibly being laid off, or maybe you've already been laid off and you're trying to deal with it. I want you to walk away with some context, with some understanding about what's happened and to give you some support in moving forward. And the second audience are those people who work for other organizations outside of Disney, but who are faced with similar challenges. Do I lay off people in difficult times like this? I hope to present some ideas, some solutions, some possibilities, rather than just simply giving up and laying people off. We're going to cover not the specifics of who got laid off where, but what lessons and messages all of this is sending. By the way, we have a notes page, which are really going to share with you um, ideas and tips for moving forward, whether you have been laid off or whether you are someone who deals with laying off others. Let's start with the concept of hiring Disney style. By the way, the the title of this is the Disney approach to layoffs. When I was with the Disney Institute, we had a series of programs called the Disney approach to customer service, the Disney approach to employee um, management the disney approach to creativity and innovation and the disney approach to leadership we also had programs called um quality service disney style and people management disney Style. in truth there's a disney style determination and and to hiring and all of that and i want to talk about what that looks like there are many ways disney hires cast members to be part of the magic it involves uh, any of the following. An employee of one of its 30 or so companies within the Walt Disney Company, for instance, the Walt Disney World Company is one of those such companies. They could hire people in any of the following positions. They could hire full-time employees, part-time employees, seasonal employees, um, contractual employees in any of the above categories I just mentioned. And they also do internship programs to include professional interns, college programs, the kids who come in and do the college programs, which are different than the professional interns, by the way. There are people, there are great intern programs. In fact, there are many, even though none of the college program kids are working, there are actually a number of people under professional interns that are currently working with Disney. Then there's the third major group, and it's broken down by several But it's the international programs. Folks who come to work maybe as an ambassador at Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge or as an employee uh, working in China at Epcot. All these relationships may be ongoing. They may be temporary. They may be contractual. An example of this is entertainment. People in entertainment, for instance, are put in a contract. They have to audition for the role. And most, all of them actually have to re-audition on a yearly basis or on some ongoing basis in order for them to retain the role. Disney does that because let's say that they're wanting you to play um, Mary Poppins in a particular role and you've gone off and you gained um, 100 pounds. Well, you really aren't fitting that role. They're wanting Mary Poppins to play, and so they have that right by virtue of how they have created that contract to move to um, move you to another position, and so forth. So this is an example. of This, and in, in many cases, uh, we we have talked in previous podcasts about the the band at the Grand Floridian. Oftentimes, they just end a particular band because they save money by doing so. They'll come back in a different format. We call it the Main Street Filler Magic, or, filler, or not Filler Magic, or Philharmonic uh, at Disney World, but it used to be called the Walt Disney World Band. And there's some reasons to that thematically, it makes more sense because it's not all of Walt Disney World, but Main Street, but also poss- partly because. It allows them to terminate people and bring and create a, a slightly different show, and theoretically have the right to hire new people for it. So there are a number of rules that um, attend to all this, but you get the sense that that there are many roles at Disney. The other thing I should also mention is that many people are hired into third-party operations. Uh, there are many of these jobs, many of which are not obvious because. Those people are wearing name tags and costumes like Disney cast members. Some are a little more obvious than others. You probably could see a lawn care company on the outskirts of Walt well, Disney World, maybe near the entrance sign mowing. You could make a good guess that those are probably that's a third party coming in to mow those um, lawns way on the outside. But there are also individuals very much on the inside. The balloon seller. For a number of reasons that aren't worth going into right now but the balloon seller at disney is a third-party operation as is the Parasels, as is um folks in Arriba's brothers who do the crystal um art artistry on main street and elsewhere you go to downtown or disney springs and you have a whole slew of third-party operators we've done articles on just how to get a job with third party because there's so many third-party operators What's the message here? The message is that there are many ways to be employed by Disney. That's to Disney's advantage in most cases because it allows them greater flexibility to adjust to their needs and to deal with the bottom line. You need a diverse employment portfolio that allows you the most uh, choices possible, especially when you're encountering tough times like Disney is now. now. Just as there is hiring Disney-style, there is also termination Disney-style. There are many people who are dealing with the news that they have been laid off. This is really hard. Many of these people have worked for Disney for years, if not for decades. And many of them are bewildered how they were let go. For many of them, everything is very confusing at this time. And frankly, it's easy to take this kind of news very personally. May I suggest to you, if you are undergoing this experience, do not take it personally. I know it's hard news to absorb when you're going through it. I know, but my insights say that you should not be taking it personally. I want to go through some realities about layoffs and terminations. There are, first, there are many HR laws and policies that govern how and when an individual's employment is terminated. Those laws are mostly at the uh, federal and state level. Secondly, the state of Florida is a right to work state meaning that employees have the option to join or not join a union shop. Third, the state of Florida is also an at-will state, which means that you or your employer can terminate your employment relationship for a good reason, for a bad reason, or simply no reason at all. It's kind of like no-fault divorce. You just go your way. All that said and done, Disney keeps its cards close to the chest when it comes to the process of terminating people. They do not want to make any wrong moves because they don't want to spend time and money in a court or elsewhere dealing with the matter. They have gone through this many times and sometimes they haven't won really well. Other times they've succeeded. But in any situation, it's taken a lot of time and a lot of money. And their job is to reduce the number of events like that. Typically, Disney corporate wants HR to make the call regarding terminations. Now, Understand what I'm trying to say. It's not your boss that's usually making that call that you are terminated. It is usually an HR decision. It wants to make sure that an employee doesn't come back later and say, oh, my boss terminated me uh, for wrongful termination like racism and, or sexual harassment or something of that nature. They want to avoid those scenarios. Even if they're in the right, it still takes time. It still takes money. Disney wants to avoid that. So usually corporate Disney has said, HR, you be in charge of this. And let me tell you, uh, some of the toughest people in the Walt Disney Company, are HR uh, cast members and attorneys. They are a tough bunch. They are there to protect the company. They do it in a way that is very often off-putting, but they are doing it with the belief that they are representing and saving the brand. Uh, Also, because of HR laws, Disney will not be transparent up front about who is and isn't terminated in many roles, such as salary positions. In these non-union supported roles, Disney has often required that their cast members speak to no one during that period of uncertainty, and that managers should not reach out to their employees. And, And I have seen this, I already know of two instances where since the pandemic began, since Disney closed its doors in March, those employees have not received any word, any notice, any comment, any, I hope you're doing okay, from anyone. Disney HR has said, talk to no one. Don't talk to your fellow employees. Don't reach out to your boss. Bosses, don't reach out to your employees. There is this cone of silence going on. And some point they will be notified that the furlough is over and that either you're going back to work or we're sorry, but we're moving you on. But um, HR is very clear and very much wants to be in charge of those kinds of situations. By the way, I have even seen, if you think it's who you know that gets you, helps you keep your job, do not believe that. I have seen executives, senior corporate executives, not have a voice in the role or termination of an employee. So again, it, you would be surprised how much control is in the arms of, of HR and its attorneys. They are not by nature really mean people, but if you deal with them that's probably all that you're going to see of them they are there to protect the company they're there to protect the brand they see their role distinctively in one way they do not this is not about um this is not about providing you a shoulder to cry on or providing you a listening ear that's just not what they do by and large disney does not even comment about individual terminations, and actually, that's in your favor. Um, employers afterwards may inquire as to whether or not employee was hired during a given period, but they Disney will never give information beyond that, and they'll state it as uh, as being privacy reasons. So they will not give the cause of termination. If for some reason you you know blew it and didn't show up to work enough times, or you know you got mad at your boss you know, if those reasons for termination show up or whatever, that's never going to be revealed. All Disney will ever say is these are the days that you worked, uh, the time period in which you worked. Um, For those reasons, Disney may ask operations management to stand aside and let HR make the call as to who should or should not be terminated during layoff Operations may recommend how many people they need in various categories. I need so many um, at the senior level. I need so many trainers. I need so many part-time, but HR will likely make the call who is and who isn't. In fact, HR may likely be the one who hosts the termination In some instances management, operations management may not even be present. Don't take that personally. Don't take that as my manager didn't love me. I thought my manager cared, but didn't show up the day I was... No, don't go down that path because HR wants to control the narrative in this situation. Disney wants to protect its assets. So there are times when Disney will escort a terminated employee, even a really nice one that's been there for decades, via security host or hostess. This is a crummy, terrible, hard way to leave. A sad way to have as a final memory of your last day of employment. But by and large, do not take that personally. It's simply Disney's approach to termination. Now, do I agree with all that? No. Do I understand it? Yes. Disney has a very important brand to safeguard, and I get why they do what they do, but sometimes it feels like Disney just plays it too safe. It's kind of like the analogy my, my business partner gave. It's like a football team that plays not to win, but rather not to lose. Disney's HR team and their attorneys may have an upper hand in many of these decisions, but sometimes it's evolved into a corporate protection thing that just takes takes, um, takes the spirit of care and concern out of the picture. And for that reason, I can't, I can't subscribe to that philosophy. But I can understand it. And I'm only sharing this with you, so if you've been laid off, you can understand it. And if you are someone who manages layoffs, I invite you to think, how do I balance making sure that terminations are fair and just and by law, but at the same time show that I care and have compassion? Now, what about unions? In many of the programs we offer, we're asked about unions. We deal with a wide variety of organizations in the public, private, nonprofit sectors that deal with unions in some way. Personally, we offer no agenda that is either pro or anti-union. Rather, we offer what I think is a smarter perspective. By the way, there are many unions represented at Disney, many of which are in bargaining units. They gather together to get, to get some strength. In truth, Mickey, yeah, Mickey, himself is a teamster by virtue of the fact that Disney characters have to carry heavy things. If you get the hint, uh, in the service trade council, there are six unions, for instance, representing some 43,000 cast members at Walt Disney world. That is the group that created an agreement with Disney that no full-time employees would be, would be let go, but rather it would be part-time employees. Um, There is a lot of controversy of how much power, control, influence, sway these unions have had at Disney. It seems to me that that in this go-around, they have had a better relationship in managing that conversation with Disney. That's probably positive. By the way, out in California, Disney really supports unions. Hollywood supports unions in television, in film, in recording. All of those areas, they really support unions. But out here, it's a a little differently in that regard. Again, partly because it's a right to work um, state. In any corporation, the labor management issue is pretty simple. If the company truly engages their employees, the employees won't engage unionization. For management, to focus on the managing unions is, in my view, a waste of time and effort. Unions are merely the result of management not sufficiently relating to its employees. Instead, superior businesses invest in their customers, i.e. the employees in this case, so there's no desire for a third-party union representation. Again, going back to what I just said about how HR... And its attorneys terminate employees, their approach is sometimes so heavy handed that people choose to become offended, choose to go to their union, choose to take action, and so forth. So, I don't, that's why I prefer a more um, caring style of position. Uh, make no mistake no employee files an unfair labor practice grievance because the company does something silly like moving their break room vending machines three feet. Yes, that's a real example from Fantasyland in the tunnel. There was an agreement and it was in the, it was in the paperwork that, so cast members didn't have to go too far to get to a vending machine. It couldn't be moved more than three feet. And one day it was moved four feet and all of a sudden there was an official complaint filed. Um, Well, it's filed because concerns can't seem to be heard any other way. The failure is often with employee relationships, not with the union. For business to focus their energy on the unions at the expense of their employees is like a person speaking to their spouse's lawyer to improve their marriage. It foolishly focuses on the symptom and will never correct the root problem. Theoretically, both unions and an ethical organization have the best interests of the employee as a priority. The management has the first best opportunity to build a healthy relationship with employees. If that fails, then unions become the alternative. A strong union presence is an indication of a failure of the company to effectively engage their employee. Well, anyway, rate, that's it. That's our thinking on unions. All I would say is leaders improve relationships with employees do everything you can to put in place those activities that inspire and gain commitment of your employees hr support them in doing that and you'll probably have less problems that you have to f- figure out at the end now last week when we talked about the official layoffs the announcement of the twenty-eight thousand, um josh Amaro, who is chairman of disney parks resorts experiences Um, products had shared a message. I want to share another message that Josh sent internally. This is what he wrote. Team, I write this note to you today to share some difficult decisions that we have had to make regarding our Disney Parks experiences and products organization. Let me start with my belief that the heart and soul of our business is and always will be people. Just like all of you, I love what I do. I also love being surrounded by people who think about their roles as more than jobs, as opportunities to be part of something special, something different, and something truly magical. Earlier this year, in response to the pandemic, we were forced to close our businesses around the world few of us could have imagined how significantly the pandemic would impact us both at work and in our daily lives we initially hoped that this situation would be short-lived and that we would recover quickly and return to normal seven months later we find that has not been the case and as a result today we are now forced to resolve reduce the size of our team across executive salaried and hourly roles. As you can imagine, a decision of this magnitude is not easy. For the last several months, our management team has worked tirelessly to avoid having to separate anyone from the company. We've cut expenses, suspended capital projects, furloughed our cast members while still paying benefits and modified our operations to run as efficiently as possible. However, we simply cannot responsibly stay fully staffed while operating at such limited capacity. As heartbreaking as it is to take this action, this is the only feasible option we have in light of the prolonged impact of COVID-19 on our business, including limited capacity due to physical distancing requirements and the continued uncertainty regarding the duration of this pandemic. Thank you for your dedication, patience, and understanding during these difficult times. I know that these changes will be challenging. It will take time for all of us to process this information and its impact. We will be scheduling appointments with our affected salaried and non-union hourly employees over the next few days. Additionally, today, we will begin the process of discussing next steps with unions. We encourage you to visit the hub or the WDI homepage for any support you may need. And for those who will be affected by the decision, I want to thank you all for what you have done for our company and for our guests. While we don't know when this pandemic will be behind us, we are confident in our resilience and hope to welcome back cast members and employees when we can. Most sincerely, Josh Diomaro, Chairman of Disney Parks Experiences and Products. To say something caring and of concern is one thing. To show it is another. And what is even more impressive than the words of this letter was the fact that last week Josh was out at Downtown Disney in Anaheim, consoling cast members, literally walking up and down, listening to them, hugging them, trying to understand where they were coming from. Um, one one cast member said, "You know, Josh is out there. I mean, he, he literally would probably take." hit if somebody hit him and and respect it. It, it. It was a difficult, even emotional scene as he humbly listened to the pain these employees were going through. And apparently he's been doing the same out here in Walt Disney World this week. To that, I show my utmost respect. Here's the challenge. While Josh has stood out among leaders to truly show empathy one doesn't necessarily see that among all the other Disney executives. Perhaps they don't have the emotional intelligence to do so. Perhaps they've just done it in quiet ways we simply don't know about. But sources say that the Walt Disney Company restored salaries of senior executives to pre-COVID levels, all the while administrating layoffs. Assuming that to be true, this is more than poor optics to have executive salary cuts put back in place in light of these events. It is bad enough to amass huge salaries and bonus plans in good times. It's unthinkable to do it during the bad times. To that extent, again, some of you out there, your managers in your own organization, you have to look in the mirror and say, is my salary reflective of the times that I am in and the situation happening to my fellow employees. That is called integrity. Now, handling bad economic times. This has all happened before, and it will probably all happen again, as you probably remember that, I believe, from Peter Pan. But here... If you recall, the wake of 9-11 resulted in a major drop in travel. While not as huge as this experience with COVID, we recognize that, Disney faced real challenges in handling the bottom line during this period. Al Weiss, who was head of the Walt Disney World Resort at that time and later became the head of all, basically Josh's role, what it is now, um, made it clear during that time that he did not want one person laid off to that end, he did the following. They closed a few of the attractions. I can't remember which ones. I want to say maybe the canoes went down about this time, but some of the um, attractions that required a lot of labor that really didn't carry a lot of gas through the park. I think the Skyway was already on its way out at the time. This I think the 20K subs were, but there were a few attractions like this that went down and some of them never came back. They closed what was then Disney's Port Orleans French Quarter. They just, they just closed that for a period of time. And the uh, riverside next door was severely curtailed. They maximized manpower by having cast members rotate throughout various locations. They freezed wages, um, they only hired temps. They reduced worked out work hours. They encouraged cast members to use up their accrued vacation time. They offered early retirement packages. I have many friends who left during that period of time um, thinking this was a good time to leave and they wouldn't get a better package otherwise. And you know, some of the worst attractions in Walt Disney World got built under this budget because they were trying to get guests to come back to and see more things at Disney. Well, that come back thing was in the form of Aladdin's magic flying carpets, Primeval Whirl, and Triceratops. But yeah, those things were built during that time to attract guests. Uh, not great decisions, but that's it, there's context for it. These were difficult times. But as difficult as doing all of those things. It's still not as difficult as laying off people. And now, why succeeded in not laying off people? Now I realize this is a bigger, bigger issue. It's a longer term issue. And I'm not here to judge what the company has decided. But I'm gonna suggest an alternative, another alternative here. Rick Steves, if you know him, he's the famous uh, travel guy. Um, On PBS, he currently employs 100 people as part of his travel media business. Now, mind you, that's a bucket of apples compared to Disney's Orchard. But like Disney throughout the pandemic, most of the normal parts of his business have remained closed. In fact, as Steve notes, he had some 20,000 people signed up for tours in Europe throughout 2020, and he had to cancel all of them and give back everybody their money. So Steve's has told his staff that he would pay them if they would go out into the community and serve. I think that's a brilliant idea. Disney has a volunteers ears type organization. I kind of wish we had done, seen that occur, especially um, during maybe uh, uh, the time of the furloughs. I, I don't know. Could it still occur? I just... Again, small organization compared to Disney. But again, I think that's the kind of innovation and ideas that are needed to get a company through times like this. Now, every Disney at Work podcast has what I refer to as souvenirs for your organization. And I this time I want to offer two sets. One for managers who are struggling with these issues and one for those of you who aren't in the middle of being laid off. First for managers, here's some ideas to take back to your organization. First, do you have a diverse hiring portfolio that allows you flexibility in tough times? Second, how do you balance important federal, state, and local laws in a culture of concern and care? Third, how can you show on an ongoing basis that you care more about uh, your employees than the union does? Four, have you really brainstormed ways in which you can prevent people from being laid off? Have you explored every possibility? Next, how can you show that you really care about those employees you are losing? Are you showing that care long before the day you lay them off? Next, where can you be more transparent during a layoff or job reduction? By the way, I work with a federal agency and... I asked them, how has it been going through a pandemic? And their employees have said, you know, this has been a fantastic time because the organization has been very transparent about what's going on. They've communicated, they kept the communication up. It was such a separation from what I was hearing from from Disney um, full-time salaried cast members who were being told nothing for months. That would drive me crazy. Um, so I just wonder, can you be more transparent and then finally, how can you provide a better exit plan or exit options for senior employees? I I don't know if I, I talked about that. I may have missed that. Um, well, I'll talk about it in a minute. Let me come back to that. Um, finally, next, if you are being laid off or you fear being laid off, here's some thoughts. First, Do not take this personally. This is not about you. Please believe me when I say that. I'm saying that with all my heart. Do not take this personally. Next, you need to find some support. Physically, economically, emotionally. This is going to be one of the toughest times of your life. Find others who will give you a listening ear and hopefully some support along these lines. Get, get help. It's okay to ask. Next, change. Ah, it's hard. And this change may affect other things like where you live, who you get to associate with. You know, think that maybe some of your favorite employees, you never get a chance to really enjoy being around. That is a possibility here. But be easy on yourself. Be flexible to the realities that you're facing. Fate may close a window, but it's willing to open a door if you let it open it and if you enter through it. If you worked for the Walt Disney Company, you worked for one of the great companies to work for. Use that as a calling card moving forward. It will serve you well. Next, serve others. You can only host your pity party for so long. Being there for others will give you greater context, greater emotional stability, and help you to move forward. Finally, learn from the experience. Make sure you don't get caught too badly, physically, economically, or emotionally by surprise. Next time, it's okay if it's If it's hurting, if he just didn't have enough money in the bank, that's okay. Just learn from it. Do a little better next time. You'll get through. I like to say, fate is kind, but the mouse may not be. Here's the truth. People rarely leave on great terms with Disney. They either get moved off to the side, people like Michael Eisner, Ron Miller, Paul Pressler, Dick Nunes, older Imagineers, or they die. Walt Disney, Roy Disney, Frank Wells. It's, it's sad, but it's a reality. Many are given a roll off to the side as a hint that it's time to move on. I talked about Judson Green's departure go check out that podcast. It's a, he did amazing things for this company. But even he, as amazing as he was, did not get the privilege of leaving on the best of terms. And it wasn't his fault. Many are given a roll off to the side as a hint to that it's time to move on. The, the joke that we would have is that executives would often get the role of being the United Way coordinator for raising monies that was your hint, yeah, you start looking for your next gig. Well, it's really hard to leave on a good note. And frankly, most are hurt when it's time to leave. I have seen a lot of hurt, not just now, but over the years. There are many who would stay on until the day they die if they could. But you know what? That's not how Disney sees it. It's not how most corporations see it. And in truth, it's probably not good for your soul to stay there until the very, very, very end. For me, I tell people two things. First, working for Disney was the best thing that ever happened to my career. I mean, sure, there were politics and dysfunctionalities and crazy times, but I had opportunities and privileges and insights and experiences I wouldn't trade for anything. That was an amazing experience and I am so grateful. It was the best thing that ever happened in my career. But let me also say number two, leaving Disney was the second best thing that ever happened to me in my career. And I gotta tell you, those years are just as precious with opportunities I would never have had if I had stayed on Disney, opportunities to earn money I never had, people I would have never met, places I would have never gone to. I have been so blessed, but that blessing came as a result of moving on from Disney. If you want to work for Disney, go for it. But have an exit plan, or at least realize that there will be a day where it ends. The lucky do it in a way that still leaves them as big fans of Disney. And I'm lucky to be one of those people. Remember what the song says, you know, the signature song. uh, When you wish upon a star, fate is kind. She gives to those who love the sweet fulfillment of their secret longing. The mouse may not be kind, but fate is. Thank you for joining me for this special Disney at Work podcast. In the words of Alan Menken's song, from Sinbad's storybook voyage. Always, no matter where you work, follow the compass of your heart. Take care, take good care. See ya real soon.